the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. You've probably heard the saying before the preacher preaches his weaknesses. Uh, I think today would be no exception to that rule. But I can't help but think that Father John Braun may be thinking, well, if Father Finley preaches his weakness, this could go on for a long time. In today's um, gospel, we see Christ uh, confronted by his detractors. He may uh, appear weak in a way. I think that they would, uh, they would not have confronted him if he didn't appear weak in some manner. You know, this man... Uh, uh, what is, what is his letters? What is his education? None. Where, where did he come from? Nazareth? Give me a break. You know, this man's an easy target. We can get him. We can trap him and discredit him in front of all the people and the whole nation of Israel. And sometimes maybe we feel like being a Christian is, that's, we appear weak. We appear weak in front of everybody. Maybe we feel weak in front of everybody. Maybe we feel like living in, in, in the society that we live in today that, um, well, I lost. I lost and the devil won. We, we feel that way in relationship to um, our brothers and sisters, our, our children, our school systems, our uh, uh, economy, government, the deteriorating uh, mores in society. And we just look out and, and sometimes maybe we want to give up. I, I lose, the devil wins. I don't know, do you ever feel that way? St. Nikolai suggests that we might take a look at some biblical examples and see that... Uh, Certain opposites um, are provided for our instruction. And that we can see a pattern of apparent weakness throughout the history of, of the Old and New Testament in the church, but that uh, this is not really weakness. Moses and Pharaoh. Who's Moses? Moses, this, this Jew, this, uh, he, he uh, gets 
you know, put in the, in the river and uh, taken into the household of Pharaoh, made, made uh, equal to Pharaoh's son, and then grows up and becomes sympathetic, realizing that he was, in fact, a Hebrew, becoming sympathetic to his people and in uh, rage kills a man because an Egyptian soldier because he's beaten a, a Hebrew slave then runs away for 40 years out in the wilderness. What did he do out in the wilderness? Well, for one, he wrote the book of Genesis and a few other things. <laughs> it wasn't exactly idle time for Moses. But you look at Moses coming back, you know, where's his sword? Where's his uh, education? Where's all of his fame and glory? And he stands in front of Pharaoh and says, Let my people go. Who's weak and who's strong? Pharaoh's strong. Oh, is he? We know the story. We know how God stepped in and sent the plagues. And Pharaoh gave in. And then and the people went free. David and Goliath. Here's little David, and here's this nine foot tall Goliath. Who's the Goliath in your life? Who's the Goliath in my life? And I'm I'm David, and I'm going to get killed. Or am I? I got a slingshot and and a stone, and that's it. No, that's not it. I'm a good shot, and God's going to help me. Right between the eyes. And Goliath fell. Job and Satan. Well, God, have you considered... uh, This man Job here, he loves you just because you gave him everything and made him rich. You take all of that stuff away, and so let's see what he does. And God allowed his servant Job to be tested. And he appeared weak indeed, did he not? Lost all of his cattle, lost all of his family, lost all of his fortune, lost his health. Lost everything. And all he could say was, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God heard that one. (laughs) God heard that one. And he blessed the latter end of Job greater than before. And Satan was shamed. Jerusalem and Babylon, the great kingdom of Babylon. And they come and they enslave the people, but not forever. The three holy children in the fiery furnace against King Nebuchadnezzar. Weak. They're weak. He's strong. 
He's going to kill him. He throws him in the fiery furnace. And they say, let's sing a song. <laughs> God heard the song. God came and sang it with them in the furnace. Daniel and, and King Darius. Y'all remember King Darius? <laughs> Daniel, he was, he was high up in the government. Darius liked him a lot. All the other, you know, government officials, they didn't like Daniel. They were jealous of him. We're going to trap him... We're going to get King Darius to sign a law that says if you pray to any other god except him, you're dead. Because they knew Daniel was going to pray to God. Darius liked Daniel. But Daniel prayed to God. They said, didn't you write this decree? Didn't he be killed? Well, Daniel did it. Well, okay, so Daniel gets thrown reluctantly into, into the lion's den. And, and King Darius comes out the next day. Daniel! Are you there? <laughs> did your God save you? Yes, he did. <laughs> Daniel answers back. He shut the mouth of the lions. So what did King Darius do? He brought him out and he threw all of his accusers and their families into the lion's den. And God didn't shut the mouth of the lions. And Darius made a decree, everybody's going to worship Daniel's God. Weak, strong. <clears throat> so these chief priests and elders and the Pharisees and the Herodians, the Sadducees, they're always plotting against Jesus because they want to kill him. They want to kill him. Because they hate him, because they're jealous of him, because the people are, are running after him. St. Nikolai makes uh, an amazing statement. He can sometimes say so much in one sentence. While God seeks a single good deed on the part of the greatest sinner in order to save him, men seek a single sin on the part of a righteous man in order to kill him. Unless I take that sentence and say how bad those chief priests and elders and Pharisees and Herodias, how bad they are. Look for one sin in Jesus to, to kill him. But before I do that, Maybe I need to ask myself if while I come forward for the communion, asking God to overlook my sins and, and just take into account that one good thing I did, Lord, at the same time, I look back and I criticize my elders, my forebearers in the faith, and I can't get over that one thing, that one thing they did to me. They did that to me. And I hate them for it. How much different are each one of us than the elders and the Pharisees and the 
than the scribes towards righteousness in this world. And do we not all need to repent of our sins when we criticize the righteous and yet beg for mercy from God at the same time? So they tried to trap him at least three times before. They said, by what authority do you do all the things that you do? Who gave you this authority? And Jesus replied with a question about John the Baptist. What do you say? You know, is he from heaven or... uh, from men. They said, well, if we say heaven, you know, he's going to get onto it. If we say men, the people are get get onto us. So, we, okay, we don't know. We don't know the answer to your question. So people tried to, the, the, they, they tried to entrap him, and, and he humiliated them with a question, with a question that they couldn't answer or wouldn't answer. Then they did it again. They did it, came to him again. Jesus, tell us, what what do you think? Is it lawful to give tribute to uh, Caesar or not? You know, again, trying to divide the loyalties of the people by what he might say this way or what he might say that way. He says, give me a coin. Give me a coin. Whose inscription's on, on it? Well, Caesar's, okay, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and the things that are God's, God's, and they're amazed. They're amazed. How did he do that? Because there was no follow-up to that. And then they, they did it again. In the resurrection, you know, this man had seven wives from... Uh, from uh, or this, this this lady had uh, the, the seven brothers were all his wives. So who's he going to be mar- married to? Who's she going to be married to in heaven? And the Lord said, "You know, we don't we live like the angels in heaven. We're not married and give, given in in marriage." He says, "God's not the God of the dead, but the God of the living." And they're humiliated again. They give up yet? No, I got to find that one thing. I got to find the one thing. We're going to get him now. We're going to get him now. Which is the greatest commandment? Which is the greatest commandment? St. Nikolai speculates that they were probably thinking, well, he's got to say either circumcision or the Sabbath. And if we say circumcision, if he says circumcision, then we'll trap him. Trapping, well, so you don't believe in the importance of the Sabbath. And if he says the Sabbath, we'll say, oh, but you don't believe in the importance of circumcision. So we'll get him going and coming. Which, which, is, the, which is the greatest commandment? Jesus says, love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul. Your neighbor is yourself. What? What was that? Then he says, let me ask you a question. Uh Uh-oh, when Jesus asks you a question, 
better duck. <laughs> uh, he, he asked a question, David, uh, you know, who's the, who's, the, who's the Messiah? Well, he's the son of David. Well, why does David call his son Lord? How, how could that be? And they couldn't, ask, they couldn't answer him. And then at this point, they said they dared not ask any more questions. I think they'd been humiliated enough before the people at that point. So now, well, forget the one thing. We're just going to kill him. Right? So they killed him for no good reason. You know, Jesus summed up the, the whole law and the prophets with that statement. He summed up the Ten Commandments with that statement. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Heard someone say once, uh, the first, the first uh, block is love the Lord your God, the second block is love your neighbor. If you think about the, you know, the commandments, ask the que- question, well, what that number five, that's love your honor, your father and mother. I, and, and the answer was, yeah, because the way you love your father and mother trains you in how to love God. So it is loving God. And so when we, when we break any of the commandments, when we break the commandments, really what we're doing is we're failing to love. We're failing to love. God came and told us to love. Love God. Love your neighbor. And would He tell us to do something that He Himself had not done. St. John the Evangelist says in one of his letters, we love God because He first loved us. How do we overcome the weaknesses, the apparent weakness in our society against the Goliaths? Well, why don't we start by loving God with all our heart Loving our neighbor as ourself without qualification. Loving them because God loved us first and taught us how to love. If we do that, the Goliaths will fall before our very eyes. Amen.